Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, getting Bill C-234 to third and final reading in the Senate is being delayed once again. Canadian wheat exports have been good during shipping week 13, and a documentary on regenerative agriculture will make its Canadian premiere today. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Bill C-234 is one step closer to becoming law. During a full Senate session on Tuesday afternoon, efforts to tack on amendments to the bill failed by a margin of 42 to 28. Those senators that pushed to have the bill remain in its original form broke into applause following the vote. Senator Wells, who initially sponsored the bill in the upper chamber, tried to move to give third and final reading of the original bill immediately, but that motion failed. The motion is defeated. When shall this bill be read? Be read a third time, Senator Wells. I move this bill be read a third time now. No. no. It is not granted, Senator Wells. Honorable Senators, I move that the bill be placed on the orders of the day for third reading at the next sitting. That's unamended bill. It will come up for third and final reading at the Senate's next meeting, which could be either today or on Thursday, which is tomorrow. Edmonton Senator Paula Simons, who favored the amendment at the committee level, abstained from Tuesday's vote. Elsewhere, as temperatures are trending downward and the snow is arriving, the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency is reminding folks to ensure ice is thick enough to walk, drive, or have a snowmobile on. The WSA says ice thickness can be unpredictable, not freeze in a uniform manner, and the strength can vary from one place to another. Avoid ice that looks slushy, has thawed, then froze again, near moving water, or is layered caused by sudden temperature changes, or has structures in it such as pressure ridges. As a guideline, you need at least 4 inches of ice to walk on, 8 inches for a snowmobile or ATV, 12 inches for a car or light truck, and more than 12 inches for a heavy truck. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. 
Coming up next is a look on how Canadian wheat exports are doing at this point. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Canadian wheat exports were strong in shipping week 13. According to the latest Sasquheat Market Outlook, 526.3 thousand metric tons of wheat was exported to bring the season total to 5.1 million metric tons, up 11% from last year. Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg says the fall program for exports usually peaks in October before slowing down in the heart of winter. But exports show no signs of slowing down anytime soon. And deliveries remain strong with another 483,000 tons delivered into the elevator system last week. Exports will need to slow eventually, however, as supplies runs tight. We have exports at 18.5 million tons, which is down 9% from last year, while the AAFC is looking for a 13% decrease to 18 million tons. Canadian Durham exports, however, were low at just 15,000 metric tons in week 13, with most of it shipped out of Vancouver. Total exports of Durham are 641.3 thousand metric tons. Wilton says Canadian farmers have delivered almost 1 million metric tons of Durham, which is just under a quarter of the total production. Prices for Durham, meanwhile, have been competitive in recent weeks. Durham prices in the EU rose from the start of the marketing year, into late June before peaking in late July, early August, and falling as an additional supplies hit the market. Prices last week were slightly higher in Lithuania, but lower in France and unchanged in Italy. Canadian prices in the St. Lawrence remain above most European values, but have decreased and become more competitive in recent weeks. For Durham, exports from Russia and Turkey are coming to an end, and Canadian Durham is becoming competitive with EU prices, so we'd target getting about 80% sold at $13 a bushel. He also noted European Union wheat exports are having their slowest start in three years. As of shipping week 12, just 9.6 million metric tons has been exported, compared to 12.6 million tons last year. Wilton says demand in other markets have been small. Bangladesh tendered for 50,000 tons of wheat, we expect this was fulfilled by Russian origin. South Korea bought 50,000 tons of U.S. wheat. Jordan is scheduled to tender for 120,000 tons on the 7th. And Algeria will tender tomorrow for December through January imports. We expect this will be covered with Black Sea or Russian origin, and the trade will be carefully watching the prices that is sold for. Wilton also has the details on the Black Sea region. Rumors of Russia abandoning its floor price have not proven to be true yet, but some exporters continue to ignore it outright. The Russian Ag Ministry lowered the export duty on Russian wheat, which might have buyers hoping for lower prices, but in honesty, we don't expect it will have a significant impact. Saab Ikan lowered its estimate for Russian exports by 400,000 tons to 48.8 million tons. Russia's winter wheat area remains dry, but local crop estimates are still around 90 million tons, compared to the USDA's 85 million ton estimate. Ukraine's grain corridor resumed after a three-day pause. However, Ukraine says Russia is regularly dropping explosive objects in the likely paths of vessels traveling in the Black Sea. Ukraine says that despite this, the export corridor continues to function. 
Ukraine's wheat exports since June are 4.6 million tons, compared to 5.1 million tons the same time last year. Here is Mercantile's outlook on the wheat market. We expect it will be a slow week with a new USDA WASDA report out on Wednesday. Buyers might hope that wheat prices are lower due to the Russian duty reduction. However, we don't think this will be the case. Wheat is struggling for fresh input amidst a visible lack of demand, while the funds still hold a near-record short position. There are planting issues in parts of Europe, and South American weather continues to be a concern. We recommend holding additional sales for now. Michael Wilton's comments came from this week's Sask Wheat Market Outlook and Price Report. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. The Senate voted yesterday to reject amendments that would have seen barn and greenhouse heating removed from Bill C-234. In a sitting yesterday afternoon, Senators voted no to the adoption of amendments made by the Committee for Agriculture and Forestry. 28 voted yes and 4 abstained. The Senate then voted to conduct the third reading of the bill the next time it sits, which, as per the Senate website, is today. If the Senate votes to approve the bill without amendments after the third reading, it will be ready for royal assent. Bill C-234 had its first reading in February of 2022. The private member's bill proposed exempting fuels used for grain drying and heating of barns and greenhouses from the federal price on carbon. Canadian pea exports are running at a solid pace through the first two months of the 2023-24 marketing year. That's despite smaller production, as exports of newly harvested supplies in September nearly quadrupled what moved the previous month. Canada exported 440,085 metric tons of peas in September, up from only 99,645 metric tons the previous month, according to the latest international trade data from Statistics Canada, released yesterday. That took the 2023-24 marketing year total to 539,730 metric tons, which was in line with the year-ago level. China was the largest customer, accounting for roughly three-quarters of the total. Bangladesh, the U.S., and Colombia were also major buyers. Most of the pea exports were yellow peas, with green pea shipments accounting for only about 3% of the total. The Saskatchewan government says it has expanded legislation that ensures landowners are owed compensation from oil and gas companies. The province says amendments to regulations are to give more powers to the Surface Rights Board. It says the board can soon force companies to pay landowners when they fail to make payments or damage property. The province says the rules come into effect on January 1st. The City of Calgary will be demolishing the decommissioned Lilydale poultry plant today. The plant, which sits on Hearst Road in the community of Ramsey, 
operated for decades as the residential area around it grew. Over the years, the plant became a point of contention for area residents, primarily because of the odor, but also due to noise levels and traffic. In 2017, the city began working with Sofina Foods to acquire the land, and by January of 2022, had taken possession. The building will be knocked down to make way for construction of the Green Line LRT project next year. Indigenous leaders from across B.C. are urging the federal government to stick to plans to oust open-net salmon farms from B.C. waters by 2025. Chiefs have traveled to Ottawa for meetings with federal officials, including Fisheries Minister Diane Le Boutelier. The chair of the First Nations Wild Salmon Alliance says most First Nations in B.C. want an end to open-net salmon farms, but Bob Chamberlain says it's not unanimous because about a dozen are involved in the salmon farming industry. The B.C. salmon farming industry says it's important to take the interests of Indigenous salmon farmers into account when decisions about open-pen farms are made. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has conditionally licensed an oral vaccine to protect honeybees against a serious bacterial infection, the first vaccine for the insects approved for use in Canada. Dubbed American Fowl Brood, it can wipe out entire colonies if not treated. Research trials funded by manufacturer Dalen Animal Health showed a 30 to 50 percent decrease in such infections among honeybee larvae, whose queen bee received the vaccine compared to placebo hives. And a study in the journal Nature says climate change could soon make beer, the world's most popular alcoholic drink, much more bitter. Researchers say higher temperatures and drought in regions of Europe, where the best hops for beer are grown, are altering the quality of the hops, which in turn alter the flavor. Farmers are combating this by mixing hops for the best results, but the process is expensive, tedious, and not sustainable. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy with winds from the west at 40 gusting to 60 kilometers an hour, high of plus 1. Tonight, partly cloudy, northwest wind at 30 gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, low of minus 4 with wind chill near minus 12. Cloudy tomorrow in a northwest wind at 20 gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of minus 2 with wind chill near minus 12. Tomorrow's low is minus 8. Friday sunshine, high of minus 6, the low minus 8. Saturday sunny, high of 0, the low minus 2. Sunday also sunny, high of plus 1, the low minus 3. Monday sunny, high of 11 degrees, the low minus 2. Tuesday's sunshine, high of 9 degrees. Normal highs for the period are 1 degree. Normal lows minus 10. Sun rose at 8.01 this morning. Sun will set at 5.23. Taking a look around the province... In Estevan, 3 degrees, Swift Current, minus 1, Saskatoon and Weyburn, 2 degrees, and Yorkton is at 0. 
The warm spot in the province is a tie between Valmarie and Maple Creek at 4.4 degrees. The cool spot is in Stony Rapids at minus 2.7. In Regina, beautiful sunny sky. Winds from the west-northwest at 43 to 54 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 76%. Temperature 0 degrees or 32 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.5 and rising. In Moose Jaw, also mainly sunny. West wind at 39 to 52 kilometers an hour. Temperature plus 1. Again in Regina, mainly sunny. West-northwest wind at 43 to 54. Temperature 0 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. New data suggests rest stops during long-haul transportation of recently weaned beef calves do not provide any measurable benefits, and there may be even some risks. Dr. Karen Schwarzkopf-Genswine's team at the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada Research Station at Lethbridge is involved with three research trials using nasal samples collected and tested for respiratory bacteria. Results from the first study were recently published. 160 freshly weaned crossbred steer calves from a single ranch were split into two equal groups. One group went to an auction mart overnight and put through the sales ring the next day before being shipped back to the research feedlot. The second ranch direct group went directly to the research feedlot. In both cases, commercial truckers loaded the calves, hauled them for 36 hours, and unloaded them at the research feedlot. At this point, some of the weaned steers were reloaded and moved by truck for another four hours, while others were allowed to rest eight hours before traveling the last four hours. Nasal swabs were collected at the research feedlot one, three, six, and 28 days after arrival. The samples were tested for bacteria, some of which are beneficial and others that can break down protective mucus. Dr. Reynold Bergen is the science director with the Beef Cattle Research Council, his article in the October edition of the Canadian Cattlemen's Magazine summarizes Dr. Schwarzkopf Genswein's research. For example, the bacteria most associated with bovine respiratory disease, or BRD, were more common in the calves that went to the auction market, which would have similar conditions to a long-distance rest facility. In addition, calves that rested for eight hours carried fewer protective bacteria than those that went unrested. The research also found that rest stops often increase the abundance of the groups of bacteria associated with BRD. Dr. Bergen explains what the research results mean. Only 6% of the calves ended up getting treated for BRD. So that's too low to detect statistically meaningful differences in treatment rates between the groups. But the microbiology suggests that a rest stop during long-distance transport may increase the risk of BRD in newly weaned beef calves. An eight-hour rest stop reduced the numbers of good protective bacteria and increased the numbers of bacteria that can compromise respiratory health and or cause BRD. As for the bottom line. Research had already shown that rest stops during long-haul transport don't benefit newly weaned beef calves. And this new research suggests that rest stops may increase the risk of BRD. 
that could potentially increase the need for preventative or therapeutic antibiotic use. Though again, this study was too small to detect those differences. More details on the study can be found in Dr. Bergen's article in the October edition of Canadian Cattlemen's Magazine. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We'll be back in a moment. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com A U.S.-produced documentary on regenerative agriculture will make its Canadian premiere at the Broadway Theatre today. The screening of Common Ground and a post-panel discussion will be hosted by Sask Soil. The documentary is a follow-up to Kiss the Ground, which was available on Netflix. Regenerative agriculture is a term which can be difficult to define, but basically it views soils as a living ecosystem. Derek Axton is a farmer from Minton near the U.S. border and also the president of Sask Soil. Living roots, trying to have as many living roots as we can, keeping the soil covered, whether with living plants or with past crop residues, reducing inputs as much as we can, but still maintaining, you know, productivity. You know, obviously crop yields are still important for us, but I always like to reframe it a little bit in the idea of maximizing profitability over productivity, if that makes sense. Axton provides a general overview of the documentary. There's little case studies, I guess you'd call them, in the film and different farmers in, in different parts of America that are doing things and have been doing things, these practices for many years. And they talk about like what they, the problems they've seen and some of the solutions that they've learned by doing these practices on their farm. I think it's really well done and really well shown. There's some controversial parts of the movie, I think. Uh, they talk about glyphosate, you know, they talk about tillage, they talk about you know, the food system as a whole. And I think they do a really good job of offering up some solutions. Axton will be one of three Saskatchewan farmers on the panel. It's all about giving some local context because in the film, I mean, obviously the, the, the folks that they interview and the people that are in the movie are, have a little different growing conditions than we have locally, and I think it'll be good to offer a local perspective and talk a little bit about the things that we're doing on farms in Saskatchewan that relate to the film. In addition to the farmers in the documentary, there was also a Hollywood flavor with comments from Jason Momoa, Woody Harrelson, and Rosario Dawson. You're listening to SaskAg Today. Coming up is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Feed barley is down $10 to $262.58. Canola is up $3 at $656.02. And number one red spring wheat is up four dollars and twenty-four cents at three thirty-four seventy-four. The rest were unchanged. Durham four seventy-three seventy-two, chickpeas twelve twelve fifty-three, flax six forty-one oh four, lentils seven seventy-seven fifty, oats three oh three thirty-two, yellow peas four oh one eighty-nine, feed wheat two thirty-five forty-six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up six and three quarter cents. $7.31 a bushel. Coming up is the Livestock Report. 
the Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. This is the Michael Report for the Centerboy Livestock Auction for the week of November 3rd. We sold over 2,600 head of cattle on a strong market. Lots of top cut cattle. Three to 400 pound steers averaged 454 a pound and sold it for 495. 450 pound steers averaged 446 a pound and sold up to 471. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged 414, sold up to 471 as well. 500 pound steers averaged Four dollars and two cents sold up to four twenty-eight. Uh, five to six hundred pound steers average three oh nine sold up to uh, four oh two. Uh, six hundred to six hundred fifty pound steers sold for three, average three sixty-one and sold up to three eighty. Uh, six fifty to seven hundred pound steers average three dollars and forty-five cents and sold up to three sixty-five. Some of the highlights or uh, heifers were sixty to a dollar back depending on weight. Some of the highlights were a load of three hundred sixty-five pound steers. At 4.95 a pound, a load of 430 pound steers at 4.69 a pound, two loads of 500 pound steers at 4.28, a load of 550 pound steers at 4.02 a pound, and a load of 600 pound steers at 3.80 a pound. If you check the record, these prices were a good nickel to six cents higher than anywhere else that day or that week. Why do we get more money? No one believes me when I tell them. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting from the high dollar market. The latest pork prices are at $191.35 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Mazang Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazang, 306-721-6667. Canada and other major fossil fuel producing countries are putting the world's energy transition at risk as they fail to meet targets to keep global warming in check. That's according to a major new report out today co-produced by the UN Environmental Program, the Winnipeg-based International Institute for Sustainable Development, and several other leading climate groups. The 2023 production gap report says those fossil fuel producing countries are set to pump out 110% more fossil fuels in 2030 than is consistent with keeping global warming to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. Of the 20 major fossil fuel producing countries profiled in the report, Canada's planned increase to oil production for 2030 compared to 2021 levels ranks behind only Brazil, the U.S. and Saudi Arabia, and just ahead of Russia and Kuwait. Norway and the UK were the only two countries projected to decrease both. The report comes ahead of the COP28 climate conference this month in Dubai, where leaders will discuss efforts to curb global emissions. On the markets, the TSX is down 76 points at 19,498. The Dow is down 131 points to 34,020. Oil is down $1.81 at $75.56 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 72.40 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day.
This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.